Hi there, everybody. Welcome back to the AVFC Faithful Podcast with myself, Dan. And myself, James. This week, we're reflecting back on that win against Everton, looking forward to Crystal Palace away on Saturday. Not to mention as well, the slightly unfortunate news regarding Diego Carlos as well, and everything in between, maybe touch on Graham Sunes a little bit as well. First of all, I want to have a short chat about NordVPN, who are happy to sponsor the pod today, and I'm happy to have them. As someone who uses the internet at an alarmingly high rate, it's important to me that everything I do on the internet is safe, especially considering all of my personal data is constantly at risk with hackers who knows where from. That's where NordVPN comes in. I've used these guys for long enough I happily say they are the best VPN option out there. And to me, it's vital that you guys look into snagging the deal they're running with currently. With the link we're offering today, it's a 67% off their two-year plan. This guarantees not only the best speed of a VPN out there, streams all over the world, especially for your sports, but also the ability to have up to six devices connected all at once. Internet safety has never been more important than it is today. We're using our phones, using our computers everywhere we go for all sorts of things. It's vital that everybody stays safe online. Forbes themselves have even voted the best overall VPN out there currently. The speeds are not matched by anyone. It's important that you guys take a look into this deal. Not only that, the deal offered itself comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not on board with that, you can grab your money back within those 30 days. It's 100% worth it, so please do click on the link provided in the Spotify description or on the AVFC Faithful website and grab yourself the security you deserve for all your online needs. I want to shout out NordVPN again, thankfully, for sponsoring ourselves this week, and I hope you guys take advantage of that offer. So, James, I want to jump straight into that amazing, amazing result not performance, against Everton. I want to know your thoughts straight off the bat. What were your main thoughts coming after those 90 minutes? Because I know you were a bit nervy to begin with. Yeah, I was. I, I was. I went through stages in the week of either nerves, optimism, excitement, everything. I think instantly when the vinyl whistle goes, especially after the that little bit of light pressure that we were under, it was a lot of relief more than anything. But then, like... After it, you think, yeah, it, it was a much improved performance. Still, still much to work on, but a lot better than Bournemouth. Not that, not that that was hard anyway. But yeah, it, it was just nice to get three points on the board and something to build on uh, moving on to Palace. Yeah, I mean, look, if we look at either of our Twitter feeds throughout the week leading up to a game, you get a, a mixture of blind optimism and pure panic leading up to whoever we play, <laughs> City, Bournemouth, whoever we're coming up against, it's going to be the same. I think. Yeah, Look, I, I went into it, I think the same as you, the, the bare minimum I wanted was a win. I didn't really care how we got it, to be honest. I know a few people were wanting to see a specific style come out of the game, you know, see a bit of an identity forming. After that first week, how poor we were, all I cared about was the three points. Yeah. Now that might yeah. sound sort of negative or sort of like backwards in a sense, because I know we do want to be forming a style. We do want that team to sort of have an identity within itself. But yeah, that, that week leading up to it was just pure nerves in my end. But no, I, I, I want to get straight into it because I, I want to go through the, through the positives first, because I think it's important because I know we can get wound up in, in the negatives. Cause I, I've got enough time to go into them, honestly. I, <laughs> I've got enough yeah. notes on those. But I think, <laughs> I think it's important we first note the importance of Ollie Watkins in that game. Yeah, I'm glad you started there because that's where I wanted to start as well. He, um you could tell the difference him starting compared to Bournemouth. He's just he's full of energy. He'll run the channels all day long. He'll drop in, he'll receive the ball, he'll try and beat a man. And he was his unselfishness against them was, was brilliant and at Everton. You think that first goal, great run. 
composure to pick out Ings, and then Ings finished it off lovely, second one. I think some people are saying it was a shot. For me, it looked like he picked Emmy no. out in the middle. Um, it, it was a good run. I think maybe we were slightly lucky that both Everton players followed Watkins for some reason, but it was a good run. It opened up the space for Brendan in the middle, slides it across, 2-0. So, yeah, I think he, he, had a, he had a really good game, and you can just feel the difference. And I think it helps Ings as well. Because Ings, is, as you've said before, he's someone that needs a support striker with him. Massively. Someone that can do, yeah, someone that can do a lot of work around him. He can help set him up or he can, you know, move players away from him, open up the space for a shot. And that they worked well together. I, I'm not a massive, massive fan of having Watkins and Ings together compared to what I'd like to see. But you can just see that it's what gets us results more that, more often than anything else that we see, to be honest. So, yeah, Watkins, overall great performance, really. Yeah, you know, you picked up on it there. It's vital. If we're going to start Danny Ings, we have to have Ollie Watkins up alongside him or at least any other striker. He doesn't operate on his own at all. I think yeah. Ollie Watkins, for me, the thing I was most impressed with was actually his first touch. It was so much better than what we're used to seeing. Oh, yeah. Apart from, obviously, the one-on-one which he missed, which obviously I don't want to dwell on too into because strikers do miss them. But obviously, his first yeah. touch took it away from goal. Put yeah. him onto his left foot. It just wasn't right. The shot weren't perfect. Whatever. We can go into that all we want. But the... The clear outstand for me was the fact that he was able to take the ball down whenever he needed to. He was playing it off whenever he needed to. Not to mention that pass he played to Danny Ings for that first goal. It's going straight to Coutinho behind him if it doesn't reach Danny Ings anyway. It's, yeah. too, it's the perfect way to play that ball. There was another one as well, which he brings down. I think he heads it down and chests it down and puts it right uh, on his feet as well. Yeah. But that just, you know, obviously the pass in was there's nowhere really there to play it to. That's not entirely his fault. So I wanted to, I wanted to really pick that out because... I've been one of his staunchest critics, you know, I, I, I've been quite open in, in how I think that obviously we've got two different strikers and they both play a certain way. And I think both bring sort of different yeah. aspects. Look, in my mind, he doesn't finish the goal that Danny Ings does. It's important to know that Danny Ings, that's an amazing finish to take that ball. That one step away from the centre-back is exactly why we signed Danny Ings. Yeah. To, to have that ability to just beat the man off the ball like that. I mean, because it's not the best first touch he's taken in the world, but he's made it better than what it was. Yeah, uh, it's, it's so impressive, you know, and, you know, th- thinking of this sort of energy, I, I wanted to dwell on Matty Cash a little bit. Le- uh, there was a lot of chat, especially with the people I was watching watching the game with. The balls in weren't great by the fullbacks, I don't think. I think we were struggling a bit with the with the crosses in and the general play yeah. from them. But Matty Cash's yeah. energy, man, the, the, the ability he brings and the passion he brings to that team is unrivaled. Nobody matches it in that team, in my mind. It's If we could have 11 yeah. Matty Cashes mentally in that lineup, I dread to think what we'd be for, for other teams facing us because it is, I, I think I'd be frightened coming up against it personally, especially some of the flies into tackles like he does. Yeah. Um, so, and obviously it was, it was horrible to sort of see him go off at the end. But I know he came out and sort of said it was cramp only, but yeah, uh, I really hope that's true because, um, well, we just yeah, got rid of our only other right back. So, well, yeah, that well, that's another thing that I don't want to get into because I, I was a bit disappointed about. It. But on, on Matty Cash, yeah, he's just well, Polish cafe, isn't he? <laughs> I think that's it. He's got that name for a reason. But yeah, he's, his energy—he just bags. He doesn't seem to stop. I mean, I think we've seen him go off with a, an injury like once before or something. Um, his his natural fitness is really good. Um, I. When I think about him, because we we all know his crossing isn't great. It, it, what one in fifteen, twenty yeah. that actually hit hit the right man? I, I think he reminds me a bit of Kyle Walker, 
he's got that energy, he's got the pace, he's good recovery, defending, and Pep uses Walker, obviously inverted, because he, he's, yeah. he's all right on the ball. You know, he can play the passes into the midfielders or the forwards, and he just has that job then of recovering if they lose the ball or just keeping the ball ticking over. And I wouldn't mind seeing Cash used like that if we were actually willing to play with width up front. Um, but yeah, Cash, I think he was, just, he was he was really good the other day. Defensively, I don't think there's too many better right-backs in the league than him. He's a really good defensive fullback in that sense. If you beat him 1v1, as I said, he's got that recovery pace to get back and win the ball back. And I think he, his decision-making has improved under Gerrard as well because he used to be a little bit rash. And 100%. I don't think he's... Yeah, I don't think he's as bad anymore with that. So he definitely deserves a shout out as well, yeah. I completely agree. And, and, and I want you to take the reins on this because I'm just going to say two words. Bubakar, <laughs> Kamara. <laughs> I knew that was coming when you said two words. He's just delightful to watch, wasn't he? It's been... I don't know how long it's been since we've had a, a holding midfielder like that that just can do everything. He, the pass, he can pick a, a brilliant pass, whether it's a short one or whether it's a diagonal wins the ball back in the air on the ground. He's pressing. Is That's something that I've noticed that I thought he was going to sit back quite a lot when um, teams are attacking us. But Gerard actually uses him sometimes as the furthest forward out of the midfield three. And that's because of his pressing and um, reading of the game. So he's he just, I can't believe that we got him on a free. No. I mean, I know it's two games into the season and we've got to see properly how he develops and that because you can get ahead of yourself. But he's just, he looks incredible. Uh, the range of passing is that that's one thing that he upgrades on the camera on but just all round game he could play for a champions league club uh, and well it really was wasn't he really Marseille so I think we're lucky to have him and it was it was a brilliant performance we've seen those compilations going around on Twitter this week it fully deserved of a place in the team a week but I seen Alan Shearer didn't even include him in that which yeah Alan Shearer put about five Brentford players and I don't think he watched another game that weekend, to be honest with you. It's, uh, yeah. it's important not to look too into those because, uh, yeah, I, I got I wound up myself a little bit looking into that. But, you know, hey, oh, um, I, I do do want to have a little shout out. This may be a Villa, Villa Faithful podcast, but nice work, Brighton. That really cheered me up even more on Saturday. <laughs> I was just coming down <laughs> off my Villa high and it gave me a new one. So it had to be mentioned. Look, when it comes to Kamara, I just want to... You know, I, I'm just amazed at the fact that we got him, just like you said, on a free. Even getting him would have been impressive. On a free yeah. is outrageous. Um, there was a couple of sort of like moments where I think, you know, he could have probably done with maybe carrying the ball a little bit more forwards. But yeah. again, what I'm sort of, you know, just picking apart something for no reason really on that end is me trying to try to add a bit of cynicism for nothing. He was he was inch perfect, and I've seen the same compilation three times, and I watched the full one minute fifty of it. I got, I just make myself, you know, just just to give myself a little bit of a high during the day. You know, I, I yeah, I think it's important to, to to sort of touch on the fact that you know not only that, but McGinn and Mings were also very impressive. Now I know last week in the yeah. pod I got it wrong. I thought Mings wouldn't touch the starting lineup again. Obviously, I wanted him to, but I thought, you know, that's, that's not going to happen. Jared's not going to go back on it. Maybe we read the situation wrong. Maybe there was an injury and that's the actual reason he wasn't starting. We won't ever know, especially not now with the injury to, to Carlos. It's, it's not going to be something that we, fig- okay. we figure out anyway, because I think Minx is going to be starting week in, week out. But yeah, I think um, aside from what maybe one missed header, Minx was pretty much on game the whole the whole 90 minutes. And, and that and that meant a lot sort of, sort of to our 11, because... 
to have two centre backs that game be almost faultless was was pretty impressive. I think. Yeah, he he had a solid game, and I I, I sort of expected it. Well, no, I, I did expect it. I think when you take something away from Mings and he has to prove himself again, that's when he comes out on top. And especially now he's not got the captain's armband, he can solely focus on winning the ball, organising the defence, moving the ball on. And he just had one of those games where you think, yeah, that is that is why Tyro Mings is in this Villa defence. And that, that is something that we missed against Bournemouth. I think maybe that did have something to um, play with um, Gonzalez, not a, a leader as such. And then Carlos doesn't quite know the language yet or the league. So I think that probably played into Bournemouth's hands as well last week. This week was a huge difference. Yeah. I think within the first within the first minute, Everton went wrong, uh, went long, and Mings just shepherded shepherded the ball out calmly, and then let Dean take the throw in. It was just, I think it's just a good start to a game. I know it's like it's a simple thing, but things like that can calm the team straight away, and that's why he's in there. So yeah, he, he got at least a nine out of ten for me um, on Saturday. Yeah, I, I think um, I think it's it's also key to know as well with. with uh... With John McGinn, uh, that performance is exactly why he's in that lineup. And yeah. all I ever ask from him is that that's more consistent because that's my key fault with him is that he'll have that performance. And then on Saturday against Palace, he'll throw a stinker or he'll just have a five out of 10 and be a passenger the whole game. If McGinn's on that form week in, week out, that midfielder, it, that midfield, I meant to say, is at least 10 times stronger than what it can be. Yeah. I think it's so important for him to be on that level each week. Yeah, he's he's one of those players that it's frustrating sometimes, isn't it? Because we know what he is capable of on his game, but his game doesn't always show up. But it did on Saturday. He, he was energetic, winning the ball back, the, the pass for the first goal. That wasn't just a hoof, that was pinpoint. He no. knew what he was doing. Looked up, saw Watkins. Weight of the pass was pretty much bang on. And it, I mean, he did, yeah, he had a couple of crosses that were poor or misplaced passes, but I think that was the shaky first half that we had before we scored. I think yeah. there was a bit of nervousness because they all knew that we needed to to win, obviously, because otherwise things turned toxic. And they managed to that. get that. Yeah, they managed to get that opening goal and settle things. And then, especially the second half, he was he was fantastic. I think there was a couple of moments in midfield where he was composed on the ball for once, played a a pass that had split the midfield open and we were away. And obviously, I think he. He played the forward ball for Buendia on the second goal as well, didn't he? So yeah. he was involved. He was involved in both goals in that sense. So that a captain's performance, and as you said, that is something that we need to see consistently from McGinn. Massively, massively. Now, now touching on consistency, there is one player that has been consistently brilliant since January, um, I, and I, I do want to touch on him. I, I want to talk about him and Coutinho as a mix because there is one key stat and I will throw out a stat not saying I'll be doing very often I'll tell you that because most of the time I scroll past them on Twitter because my eyes tell me the story but I did see this you know during the game and Felipe Coutinho had 43 touches and made zero key passes in his 60 minutes Emi Buendia came on in the 60th minute 31 touches three key passes and a goal all right his goal was a tap in but he's got to make the run and the an original pass to make that goal Look, Emi Buendia has to start. He's made yeah. his case now already in just those 30 minutes. He was brilliant as soon as he came on, right? And I, I don't want to touch on it too much, but the first thing I said was he's rambled the Coutinho in one throw-in. Now, Coutinho isn't a runner. He's never been a runner. It's not his gameplay. I understand that, but it's what we need, especially this weekend, which we'll touch on later. 
is we need Emi Buendia's work rate and his talent on the ball as well. Watching him when he came on was was superb. I, I still don't understand how we've still got him, considering he probably knows he should be playing in the Premier League week in, week out, starting games. So to still have him is really impressive, I think. And I think we've just got to keep using him because it's sort of like having... I can't even think of an analogy. He's that good <laughs> to our it, team. It's like having proper Coca-Cola in the in the cupboard and ha- having smart price Coke instead. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, uh, it might sound harsh on Coutinho, but he can do a job now and again. But I think Buendia suits us more. Yeah, um, I, I do want to touch on Coutinho in that sense. Um, I, I actually gave him some praise after the game because what he didn't do on the ball, he did a lot off it. He's intelligent running was what opened up space for us so th- he did he did play that sort of part he didn't play as big a part as Brendan when he came on mm-hmm. but I think also Brendan does benefit off fre- um, being fresher legs obviously yeah. but for me Brendan does have to start because I think he has more of an effect on the ball from the start than Coutinho does and I've said before I think they both complement each other they could play together we, we saw it at City away um, the last game of the season last season and yeah. defensively they were solid they were great on the transition. They just complement each other because when when Deere and Coutinho both can drop into the midfield and then the, the two eights can get forward like they like to. And then you've got better ball progression. And when Deere is just for his stature, well, his lack of stature really compared to most players, he's he's a little he's like a bull terrier. He he'll put himself about, he'll snap at the heels. He's a, he, he's a bit of a gladiator, really. He doesn't mind getting stuck in. I think about that no. pre-season game against United, against um, Eric Bailly, and Bailly threw him to the floor, but it's no bother for Brendia. He, no. he I think he likes that edge to the game. He likes to thrive off it. And he, as you said, he does, he, does need to, uh, he does need to play. He does need to start against Palace for me. Massively, massively. No, I, I don't want to get too into it because, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, Aston Villa won a game of football on Saturday. We've got to be happy about that. But I think it's important we do touch on the fact that, in my eyes, it wasn't a good performance. It was an OK performance, but I wasn't mightily impressed coming off of it. Oh, the first thing I've got to talk about is set pieces. Discombobulated is the only word I can find to describe us on them. As soon as a ball went out for a throw-in, I just sat there and I thought, a throw-in, corner, whatever. I went, uh-oh. And I shouldn't be thinking that because we had Mings and Carlos there. You know, it was it was fine. And, but I just know it's Villa. It's, it's, it's our set-piece control. It is awful. Yeah. It's, it's really worrying. Like, genuinely, every time we concede a corner, I, I'm hiding behind my hands because yeah. just, it just feels like we don't work on corners one bit. It's like they just say, yeah, get in the box and make sure you try and clear it. Yeah. And it's, it's just no organisation. There was the one corner, I think it was the corner just before the one that they scored from and it got disallowed. I think Ings flicked it on at the front post and Danny it caused all sorts of problems. Across the goal, yeah. I, I, was, yeah, I, was, I was literally just heart, thinking about that, yeah. My heart was in my mouth. I just, I can't... Because the thing is, I saw it mentioned on Twitter. We've got Austin McPhee as our set-piece specialist, obviously. But the good point that was made is if he probably isn't on defensive set-pieces when you think about it. Because when you see our, our offensive set pieces, he knows how to drag teams about, yeah. like man for man, zonally, whatever. So if he knows that side of it, why wouldn't he set us up to deal with that defensively? So it sort of screams that he's not in charge of that. And I think 
sometimes the, the manager takes that responsibility and airman for man marking is pretty much lacking we just people trample over us I'd, I'd rather see a mix of man for man and, and um, zonal at this point at least you, you know you, you wouldn't have a couple of them dragged around so it's, it's it's something that we really really need to get sorted because we will lose points through that yeah, it's, it, it was two two corners came in where the first man should be getting rid and one gets flicked across goal and the other one it bounces. It's a low cross um, from the... The only way I know to describe it is it's not the early hours, it's the late hours of the whole end. Um, when you're picking your seat, a sort of block what, so L8, sort of, that side of the goal. Yeah. And the yeah, corner yeah. comes in this low and it bounces straight through. And I'm just thinking, you do that against the top-level side... They're scoring four, five set pieces against you. It, it's, it's, it didn't get better throughout the game until the last couple of moments when yeah. when Martinez was coming out and claiming them. Something which I think is sort of the main critic of him is that he doesn't sort of come out of his goal too much to collect crosses yeah. or corners. Yeah. So, yeah, I, th- I think that, that, that was probably the, the key worry for me. On top of that, it was... You know, there, there was a lot of empty crosses into the box again. So those last 10 minutes, we looked just back to our normal selves. I think pretty much most Villa fans sat there and thought, well, an equaliser's coming or worse as soon as that first goal yeah. went in. Now, I, I'm not going to dwell on it too much, but Dean had a shocker all game. He wasn't good at all, offensively yeah. or defensively. All right, the own goal, okay, maybe he could have done something about it. It is unfortunate. You can see he's all left-footed. He's trying to clear it with his left foot. doesn't really work. But yeah, yeah I just... There's a lot to sort of unpack. I think Gerard's got a busy week ahead of him, especially with that yeah. with that Palace performance uh, yesterday. It's yesterday now, isn't it? Of course, um, against yeah. Liverpool. You know, he's got a lot to sort of unpack. I think for the weekend, because I think if we had that performance on Saturday, I think Palace terrorists to shreds personally. Um, yeah, I think, of, I think you're probably right. Yeah, I just I just think there was. I don't want to say it was a lack of energy because there wasn't. Because that that first half, as soon as the first goal went in, we were pure energy for the rest yeah. of the half and the start of the second. But yeah, to, to score, to concede, sorry, directly from kickoff. I mean, look, I don't want to talk too much, but that's FIFA stuff. You know, that it's supposed <laughs> to be a sort of thing where happens on FIFA. You go, that's unrealistic. No, it, if it's Villa, it's it's very realistic. So yeah, yeah I, we won't, won't dwell on it too long. But yeah, it's I, definitely I think, a problem that yeah, we need to sort out. Massively, I, I think, um, and it leads us on to the next topic, but there was one sort of uh, stalwart of the defence, I thought, this is not going to be a problem all season. We've got a starting centre-back that's purely immense. And uh, yeah. he goes and ruptures his Achilles tendon in what could be his first proper injury of his entire career. I mean, like, what's going on at Villa Park, man? I honestly can't believe it. I mean, I I obviously tweeted that that joke the other day. Yeah. Um, he's only had, I think he's only missed eight games in his career until now. Someone said that um, transfer mark doesn't have all of the information of his injuries, and he did have a couple more than that, but it wasn't much more. And then obviously he comes here, and there he's out for what's looking to six to nine months um, yeah. re- recovery, and then a little bit more to get back up to speed and his normal levels. Obviously, yeah. Um, we don't have a lot of luck with new signing injuries at the moment. You think of Bailey, you think of Wesley, you think of Heaton. Um, it's it's a frustrating one because, I mean, he was one of the two signings that go straight into our first team this season and they were already looking to bring someone in to replace him for a short term as well. Yeah. 
So it's one of those, but there's going to be, I'm sure that they're going to sort it, they'll, they'll find a, a good replacement. I think it won't be this, maybe won't be the same sort of level as Carlos, but I think they'll bring in a good replacement. But it was just, the thing was watching the game, I, I don't remember when it happened. I really don't, because I think it was at the point where I was already biting my nails in panic. Yeah, so towards the end. Yeah, I don't remember it exactly when it was it went down, but I thought it was just cramp at first. And then yeah. I think that that clip came out on Twitter and he was hobbling, needing assistance to, to get down the tunnel. And I thought, yeah. oh my God. And then Gerard's words that it doesn't look good at all. I thought, Jesus Christ, why? Because <laughs> I mean, he, he was good. He he was good yeah. on Saturday. He, he was, um, he's athletic, just like we wanted. He's composed on the ball. He's progressive with the ball, which is another thing that we wanted. And you just thought, well, this is a good building block, a performance for him to build on. And then, yeah, no chance. It's I mean, annoying. Yeah, a non-contact injury is always the worst as well. That The physio comes on, the first thing he does, he treats him for cramp. And I'm thinking, yeah. oh, phew. And then it carries on for another 30 seconds. And I see we're now making a triple substitution. I'm thinking, oh, Oh no, <laughs> like, <laughs> we've got two people going off injured at the same time in Cash and Carlos. What's happening here? Everything's going to go to mess. You said it, I believe. Three defensive subs, you know, at the end of the game screams yeah. panic anyway, sort of in our minds. So look, the only thing I can sort of say is obviously I'm, you know, I just really hope he gets back as soon as he can. You know, a speedy recovery would be nice, but these sort yeah. of injuries, they are long, they are. Yeah, they're just they're just not the sort of injury where like he can sort of do it in three weeks and it'd be a miraculous sort of healing. No. Have surgery. That's the bare minimum, at least. And like you said, he's he's going to go through at least a month when even when he's fully fit of training yeah. to get back up to speed. So, yeah, it, it's 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 going to be tough. You know, we're looking at possible replacements. I don't know if we're going to actually replace him or not. It's not widely reported that we actually definitely are. It's sort of a we're seeing what's available, what's around. You know, I used to write the name Coletta Carr earlier from Croatia. I take him personally. Yeah. Um, You know, what Tapsova got mentioned lightly. That's sort of a dream signing of mine, really, because it would make sense in the long run. I think we've been linked to Attila Salai from Galatasaray. Actually, it might be Fenerbahce he plays for. And then there's obviously, I think it's Victor Nelson from Galatasaray that we've been. Uh, linked to as well so there's there's already links coming up we know what, what it's like with Villa links mean absolutely nothing for us nope. it'll probably be someone that we've never heard of or that we didn't think was going to happen um, like, like a Callum Chambers probably yeah who I think yeah. should get a chance as well while we're at it <laughs> I think um, I think it's, it's it's important that we remember that I think House is, is gone personally to Watford I think that's that's a yeah. deal um, that obviously the the contract extension was sort of there to just give us a price nudge for him, so we're not losing him on a, on, a, on a sort of bad reflection basis in terms of financial gain from yeah. his sale. I, I think he's gone, so that does leave us with three fully fit centre backs that can play. So I think we do have to we do have to sort of delve into the market and grab someone. I don't, I'm not overly cautious on who because I think Mings and, and like you said, Chambers can do a, a good enough job anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, obviously it's, it's, it's a big old negative. I don't want to dwell on it too much, but that that was just heartbreaking. You know, it's it's the sort of thing that you sort of just turn your nose up at. Speaking of turning yeah. your nose up certain things, <laughs> yes. Uh, Graham oh, Sowen. 
I thought we'd had enough of him. I heard one thing and that was it. And I thought, ah, we'll be all right. He's just mentioned Mings in a stupid little article, whatever. And I said it on Twitter. I think he's just trying to draw up attention over to his new platform because he works for TalkSport now. He knows exactly yeah. what people latch on to, which is stupid comments that they want to hear. Jamie O'Hara works for them. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's so obvious as to what they do. I just, uh, no, <laughs> it's not going to it. But yeah, look, Laura Wood said it best. Um, I'll say it better, Graham Zunas. You're a bit of a knob for what you've said, mate. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm not yeah, saying you you're saying what she can't. Yeah, I know you're a big listener to the AVFC Faithful podcast, but, you know, um, I, I just don't get it. I, d- I don't get this uh, this sort of idea that Graham Zunas is allowed a platform anymore. It's it's odd. I, the thing that I find strange is, was obviously this has come from them talking about Mings losing his, his captaincy in his place. Yeah. And I, th- I think Zunas is saying that he's just obviously not fancied by... Um, Gerard, and then out of nowhere for some reason he starts saying how he, he was on a Zoom call before uh, with him and that he's got a lot to say for someone that's not achieved a lot in the game and well, that wasn't necessary and also <laughs> you didn't back it up with any substance of what he even said that you didn't agree with for one, it feels a bit like personal and a bit of an agenda but yeah, it's, Ming's obviously re- replied in a respectful yeah. way to be honest, and then CNS is Again, saying, "Oh, we'll have a we'll have a chat if you want, son." I'm not sure what I'll, what I'll learn from you. So, well, yeah. you'll, probably, you'll probably teach her to play in long grass, actually. Yeah. Right? <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that that cropped up a little bit, you know. Uh, it's, it's a fond memory that I don't know if anyone remembers that short little victory we had over Liverpool of uh, just the seven-two. But you know, if if you're not aware, Graham <laughs> Sooners mentioned that the grass was too long for Liverpool, and that was the uh, reason behind their. Yeah, uh, drubbing to say the yeah. least. Um, not, not the reason that they were shot that night. No, no, not uh, why would it be? Hey, not Liverpool because eh? they're never that awful, so to speak. <laughs> Look, yeah, I don't want to dwell on too much. Graham Sooners doesn't deserve this much airtime. I don't really know why he gets it. It's got to be mentioned because it's a hot topic in the Villa sphere at the moment. Tyra Mings, like any football player, deserves the right to be criticised in a respectful manner towards the game. Yeah. You can say what you want about Tyra Mings as a football player, especially as a professional football player or ex-professional football player. You are allowed to have that entitlement of opinion to what you believe a centre-back, centre-forward, whoever it is, should play how they play or what they deserve. I'm not fussed about that. People say what they want. Yeah. Start commenting on the character of a man that has done effectively nothing wrong apart from speak up for racism, speak up for anyone that sort of needs it in any sort of aspect whatsoever. Yeah. The man does no wrong ever. He has his own foundation. He, he, I just don't get it. Like Tyra Mings is a respectful man in all sorts. He used to be a mortgage advisor. Yeah. I don't get it. Like, like, sorry, but that's like me turning up and playing football in about five years. The level of progression this man has had warrants respect to an extent where the least Sunes could have done is look at it over and gone. Maybe I've actually said nothing worthwhile in this article. Maybe what I needed to say was Gerard reserves the right of making his own decisions. He can drop who he wants, strip the capsule of who he wants, but he made out like Tyra Minx had come out and slagged Gerard off in the media, which I don't, 
I don't get. <laughs> no. I mean, it, on on Mings, for me, it, I think it depends what you judge um, accomplishing anything is. For me, whenever I think of Mings, he came to us at a stage in his career where he was coming back from a few injuries. He'd lost his place at Bournemouth and he needed to revive his career. And at that point, our club needed to be revived as well because we were, we were languishing mid-table in the championship with you know aims to get promoted, which we did obviously um, in the end ahead of schedule. And he was a huge part to, to that. He came in that January... And I think we fell in with him within two or three games. Yeah. Played a massive part in their promotion. Played a massive part in us staying up. Played a massive part in us um, solidifying our place in the Premier League. And not only that, he's not afraid to speak up for off-the-field problems. And I think anyone should live up to what he does in that sense because he, he's not afraid of speaking out, whether it's against racism, whether it's against... Or whether it's to speak up, speak up for people that struggle with mental health, he's for me the perfect role model in sport. As you said, he's got his foundation that um, kids go to for fun, yeah. just to play football. I just don't see why anyone would have a problem with him. And people will bring up the fact that he he's he stood on a couple of people's faces in football, but you can't prove that he did that on purpose. Both to me look like accidents. He's not someone, he has an edge to his game, like all good footballers. Yeah. But as a man, for me, he's exemplary and he's a, he's a credit to the club. I was proud to have him as captain. It's a shame that he's not anymore. But it would be a sad day when Mings leaves because I think there's that big emotional connection to him from his time here. Agreed, fully agreed. There's there's not much more to say on the matter there, really. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm happy to, to sort of move on to, well what could be either a, a very light or dark Saturday for us, and that is the <laughs> game away at Selhurst Park against Crystal Palace. Palace coming off the back of a one-all draw against Liverpool in a game where I think they were very unlucky not to come away with all three points personally, and that's not because Liverpool played poorly. That's because Palace set up perfectly. And yeah. I've got to say... Anderson, what a centre-back. I thought he was impressive as a player, but his mental game is outrageous. What he did to, yeah. to Darwin Nunes was, was just inch-perfect because someone put up a compilation of his um, of his defensive sort of just manoeuvres with him, you know, putting a hand on the shoulder there, a couple of nudges, just winding him up. And yeah. Nunes was, was shocking that game, quite frankly. There was nothing to his game the whole time, so... Yeah, I think um, I think it's a tough game coming up on Saturday. What's your thoughts on it, James? Yeah, we've got we've got to be on our game um, tactically, individually, in every sense. We've got to be disciplined. You look at that Crystal Palace team, and it's come on so much from the past few years. It's an exciting project now. They've got some players that, if you give them space, God they'll punish you. Berrieze is he's such a good footballer. He's sensational. He, he well, he wasn't even given space against Liverpool. He had Trent and Fabinho on him, dropped the shoulder, and he was away. And then the waiter passed to Zahar. It, it was it was so good. I think that's that'll be a big thing for us is stopping him because I think they'll go back to the four two three one against us. He'll be in the ten roll, so he'll be behind their midfielders picking up that space that can cause us a lot of damage. So I think Kamara will maybe given a, a job of marking him. Yeah, and then you'll have the uh, the two eights that are going to have to cover out wide because they obviously play with width 
um, and they'll overlap constantly. So it's going to be a tough game. We're really capable of, of getting something from it, though, as you say. Um, Emmy Buendia has to start because he can cause problems. 100%. But it, it, could be, it could be any sort of game. It could be cagey trying to break each other down, or it could be open and we we break from their attacks and they try and break us down on the attack. It's just, yeah, I, I'm quite, I'm looking forward to it from a, a football perspective. I think it'll be a good game, but we've really got to be on our game as well. Definitely. I completely agree. We, we need to be attacking Palace straight from the outfit. I think, I think we're going to be going with the diamond again. I know some people are not so keen on it, but I think it's quite clear now that it's our winning formation with the crop of players we have currently. I think it's quite clear as well that you've mentioned there. Wendy, in my eyes, does need to start. The energy he brings can match Palace. I think if you put him in a straight fire game against Eze, I do think he comes out on top still. I do think he's the better player personally. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree with you. Pa- Palace is... Uh, it, it, most seasons, Crystal Palace away seems just like a game. Sort of one of those that, OK, Palace away, that's one of the games in the Premier League this year. Feels different now. It sort of feels like Palace are one of our main competitors for where we want to be. Yeah, I think Palace right. are so good that they can be challenging top 10. I think Vieira's got them working brilliantly and the crop, crop of talent they have is, is immense. So it's, yeah. it's a big game, I think, especially it'll be, a, it'll be a, a good sort of pinpoint to where we'll be this season. It's how we perform and, and the result we get against them, especially at their ground um, with their, you know, ultras. Um, <laughs> the yeah. Quotation marks, I promise. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, a, it's a ground I've not been lucky enough to go to yet. I do hope those go in do enjoy the slightly obstructed view that you do get with that nice big pylon in the middle. But yeah, I, I want to move on to our uh, to our starting lineups for the game, and you know, it's uh, there's a couple of force changes we do have to make, especially with uh, with possibility of cash not being not being fit enough. Obviously, Carlos, I don't think he can play with his foot in a boot, so that's not there. <laughs> You know, so I'll, I'll start with mine, if that's okay. So, yeah, you know, I think uh, it's, it's no, no point problem. in me saying it. Uh, Martinez starts. Uh, <laughs> Cash, I think he's going to be fit enough. So we go Cash. I'll take Chambers with Mings, personally. I think Mings keeps his pace because of his performance. Chambers deserved. I think if Mings wasn't going to be playing last week, it should have been Chambers anyway. Obviously, Luca Dean does start, I think. I think Augustin could be pushing him for a place if he has another performance like he did on Saturday again. Yeah. I think this could be where the competition comes into play and we might start seeing some changes made there. Yeah. That midfield three, well, four, I guess, with the diamond, to me, has only one change and that's Coutinho out for Buendia. Yeah. And I think the starting strikers stay the same. So there's not much changes there for me, obviously. We'll move on to you. The big question: Do we uh, do we go full fat regular Coke or, or do we go for the, uh, the Tesco value Coca Cola? What, what are we going for? Yeah, first of all, that's something that has just clicked in my head. Um, I'm just liking Coutinho to Smart Price Cola, which is, yeah. <laughs> the most expensive can of Smart Price Cola in the world, yeah, as did... well, not to mention. I didn't mean it to sound so harsh. I, I rate Coutinho. I don't really know if it. An analogy that suits really because he he is a very good player. Buendia just suits us more. Um, so yeah, <laughs> moving on from that because it's a slight embarrassing analogy I was that I'm going to say. Again. Barcelona is still paying off that kind of coke, so you know it's uh, to, <laughs> well, to in to that be case, fair, it's, it's a, it's a high value, one. low value kind of coke. But yeah, <laughs> you carry on, mate. Yeah, so starting obviously Emmy and goal as you say. Um, cash starts as long as he's fit, which I'm pretty sure he should be. I think it was. I think it, it was just cramp. Um, 
And then I agree. Chambers and Mings in defence. Chambers, unlike Concer, I think he's got a bit of be- he's better at positioning and I think he's better in the air as well, which yeah. we will have to deal with because I'm, I'm presuming they'll start someone like um, Mateta or Eduard and they're a, they're a direct threat that they could play into. So I would I would play Chambers and Mings. And then, yeah, Luca Dean out left needs to have a better game. Um, he, he's a bit... I don't want to say a liability defensively, but he's not as solid as Target was, to be honest, but he's better no. going forward. That, that If you could put them together as a player, that would be a, a very good left back. Yeah. So, yeah, he definitely needs to, to suit up in that sense defensively. Um, midfield, I've always said I, I like the balance with Louise as an eight and then McGinn or JJ as the other one and Kamara in the middle, but I can't see that changing. I think it'll be JJ, McGinn, Kamara again. So, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. And then Wendy has to start for me away from home. Um, and after he did have a better, even if it was, what was it, 25, 30 minutes, yeah. he, he was better than Coutinho um, at the end of the day. And I think he has he has outperformed him in his cameos or starting for the past however many months, really. Um, and then Watkins and Ings. I think one thing I would like to see, though, I said on Twitter earlier, I'd like to see Tim back in the squad. Yeah, I think I'd like to see Archer giving some minutes, whether it's 15, 20, 10, something like that. I'd like to see him come on as well. So that that'd be my that'd be my lineup and what I'll go with. Yeah, so so sort of go with it. If if we're just going sort of on a on a purely preferential basis, would you would you take Louise in that starting lineup ahead of Ramsey currently? Uh, yes and no. I think that's something we didn't really touch on um, for the game on Saturday. I thought. JJ was really good. Um, he still had a couple of laps moments. I think he lost the ball in midfield that could have probably resulted in goals. So that's yeah. something that he has to cut out. But down that left-hand side, I've said it before, he shares so many qualities that um, Grealish has. He just glides with the ball past players and he's faster with the ball than he is without. So I think I can't see Gerard dropping him. For me, it's just I think in possession, Louise is calmer. And he's, he's less likely to lose the ball, I think, even though he's still prone to it. He, just not as bad, I don't think. But it's, it's, it's the one balance. Of you, mentioned, you mentioned the balance. That's the key part to me. As soon as you yeah. said that, it cropped up in my mind that I love JJ. You know, I, I think he's a great player. But too many times, I, I know we, we clearly prefer to play down the left. That's clearly the flank we we prefer to have yeah. a run down because obviously he prefers to have McGinn sort of playing in that sort of I don't want to say sort of deeper lying, but just in front of Kamara so that he can pick up the ball there and sort of swing it in if it drops to the right side. But obviously too much I saw JJ sort of lose the ball in areas where I feel like if we lose it against a better opposition, like we will on Saturday if he does, yeah, then we do concede. I mean all right, it was from sort of a a massive counter attack, but you think about it, we lose the ball in the similar area where Liverpool lose the ball. The same thing happens. We've got oh, and this cropped into my mind as well. We've got the rivalry, rivalry in inverted commas, um, of Wilfred Zaha uh, yeah. against Tyra Mings. So that's oh, going to yeah. be sort yeah. of vital as well, I think, because that balance in midfield is going to help not only sort of shore that up so we don't have these one-on-one counter-attacks between Zaha and Mings that could result in Zaha throwing himself down, Mings getting sent off, we're down yeah. to 10 men, 
So, yeah, I, I think um, I, the only reason I wanted to answer is because I, I think it's a, you're, you're quite big on is that is that midfield balance. And I am. Yeah, you're, you're a bit like me. You, you love, love Jacob Ramsey, player. but but Louise is yeah. sort of that utility player and that that balanced midfielder that, that you want. I struggle because it's some. I don't want to leave any of those players out, really, including McGinn, which he gets bad press because obviously he isn't consistent. But you can't drop him after the game he had. You can't really drop Ramsey after the game he had. But as I said, sometimes I understand the sacrifices that you need to make to bring the balance to the side. And I think that's what Louise does. I know not many people are that fond on Louise. He's a bit like Marmite for some reason. Um, I also don't think his contract situation helps. I think no. I, I, I think if he was to sign this contract, whoever's fault it is that it's not being signed, I think he'd be playing more. I, I'm still um, mulling over whether it's him that wants to go or, or us that wants him to leave and we replace him with someone, which I don't think many of Villa fans would agree with in that sense because we probably won't get that much money for him at this point but we thought about that we thought that about Carney and we did yeah true but yeah it's it's one of those one thing I would say if we go with um, JJ and McGinn again um, I'll, I'll give Talking Tactics on Twitter a shout out his page is brilliant he yeah. he mentioned that they play on their unnatural sides obviously JJ plays as the left eight McGinn as the right and that means I have to come inside a lot and we end up playing across in a U shape Um if we played them on a um, natural side, we could probably create more 2v1 um, and, and play 1-2s into the box. That's something that I want to see because I think McGinn and, and JJ can be lethal in that sense, getting into the box and cutting the ball across. So I I think we have seen that happen in-game before. It's not come to much fruition, but I think I, I would do that and see how that goes. Yeah. I, I I like it. Look, I, we're in a fortunate position where we have the ability to make this sort of debate between two midfielders. I think I don't think we get anything spectacular for Douglas Louise in this summer at all. Really, if he decides to go, and I don't want him to, I think it's not fair that we judge him on performances based on a position that he wasn't made for and a position he doesn't play in. Yeah. But we won't do that too much. Obviously, you know, we can do a sort of... Uh, I, I, I quite like to do this little segment I thought of. You know, we, we debate the... the We have a look into Carney's minutes in the Premier League so far this season. So uh, I'll begin it now. Well, that was a really good sort of segment. I quite enjoyed doing that. We'll, uh, we'll do that again next week. Uh, we're sort of... We're keeping on track. And I like to view the development of our youth, especially if they... Even if they move for, for a nice hefty £20 million sum. That is um, pettiness that I can get behind. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> it's something you get on this podcast for free as well. It, yeah, it's it. I've it's got no pound joke, so I'll, I'll laugh yeah. about it happily. I've got no grudge against him, but you know, it's quite funny that. No, this is it's not personal. It's just business. Yeah, it's and just very bad, good business. Answer. <laughs> well, there's not much more from me, James. Is there uh, anything you sort of want to touch on before we uh, we head off for the week? Um, just reiterating against Palace, I think we, we we need to be solid, but we also need to be positive. They are a, a good a good side, a good outfit, a different outfit now as well. So I, I I think I'd like to see us build a bit more of a performance after getting the points last week. Start to see a bit of something gelling. Um, I still wasn't quite sure last week what I saw, what we want to be. So I, I think I'd like to see a bit more of a blueprint coming through. 
Um, but yeah, another three points. I'd ta- I'd take a draw to be honest. Um, even if we didn't score, I think a, a clean sheet that'd be a a big thing to get. So I, I'm looking forward to it as much as I am nervous at the same time. Um, but this is what it's all about, isn't it? Three games in, and I'm already feeling the roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, technically, all we need is a draw, so we felt all the range of emotion so far for the start of the season. But yeah, I think sort of loosely there, you kind of hoped for a nil-nil draw in a sense, or not hoped, but were happy for a nil-nil draw. I don't think I've ever heard that before, and I quite like yeah, yeah. it because yeah, I'm not going to for... say it out loud, but I'll but say I'll... it. It's fine because yeah. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't mind saying it for you. But look, obviously, we all want Villa to go out and win six in the league week. It's not entirely realistic, um, unless we play Man United soon. <laughs> but, you know, we. Uh, I think, you know, on my side, the only thing I sort of want to touch on is the fact that it's going to be a weird few weeks, I think. I don't know if our business is done. don't know if yeah. Gerard's still figuring out the formation he's actually going to run with. So I think Saturday's a really big teller, to be honest, for this. Yeah. I, think, I think we... Um, take it sort of with a pinch of salt as lineup as well I think like you said we've sort of got a bit of judging to do with contracts or people who might want to move yeah. on you know we talk about Sanson that sort of thing it's, it's not helping our cause but look, it's uh it's something to keep an eye on I think it, it'd be good uh I urge people to to keep an eye out for the match preview that will be written up on the AVFC faithful website before the game that always touches on some good notes as well whilst we can ramble on as much as we want sometimes the nice written form is a bit helpful as well especially closer to the game I quite enjoy it so definitely keep an eye out for that so that's pretty much all of it from us to be honest Um, I do want to give a little shout out again to NordVPN again thanking them for sponsoring the podcast and reminding you all to, to check out the link in the Spotify description and on the website today that's everything from me and that's everything from me have a great week guys and we'll speak to you next week up the villa